thought that's on the, on, the, on the screen, daily dread or daily bread. And really, it's just a fresh encouragement, as simple, as straightforward as this, for us to be a, a people that get into the Bible, the Word of God, on a regular basis. It's good that we come on a Sunday. God does something here that he won't do anywhere else. We absolutely believe in the power of coming together, of community, of corporate praise and worship, of declaring the word of God in preaching and teaching. We absolutely believe in all of that. We're very intentional about it. We believe it's a good place to be. And uh, we're so thankful that people make a commitment to do that. Um, But the reality is that, um, as I said last week, if you just wait, uh, having a meal this morning and then wait until next week, uh, as in the natural, so in the spiritual, you're going to be pretty hungry by the time next Sunday comes. And we need to make a commitment in our own hearts and lives to sow into our lives and to commit our lives on a regular daily basis to the word of God. Our verse last week was Psalm 119 verse 89 where it says, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Or as one translation says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And this morning, just a verse from Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 in the New Testament The first gospel, the first book of the New Testament, where Jesus is in the wilderness, the desert, and he's being tempted. And uh, the enemy comes to seek to to stop him. It's an interesting thought because it's a thought that we've sown into Arena Church. That every time, friends, you decide to go to the next level in your spiritual journey, somebody will try and stop it getting there. So Jesus' friends had lived in relative obscurity for 30 years. And then he comes to the public expression of his ministry. John the Baptist baptizes him. The Spirit of God came come upon him. And the the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he's thrust out into the wilderness and he's tempted. The whole plan of salvation could have been stopped at that very moment. We couldn't, if that had happened, we wouldn't have been able to be here today. Because the Bible reveals to us, friends, in terms of its whole revelation, that everyone else that's ever lived has fallen short of the glory of God fallen short of his standards, has missed the mark. And God knew that, and he sent Jesus, the perfect son, to come to the earth, to live a faultless life, to die upon a cross for us, and to to bridge the gap between God and man. And as we commit our lives to him, no longer dead, but gloriously alive, we're saved, we're changed, we're transformed by his power. And yet here we are in the wilderness, and the enemy, the tempter, is seeking to stop that taking place. And he says to Jesus, how about turning uh, those stones into bread? And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so he takes that daily understanding of something that is the staple diet of many peoples around the world and applies it to the word of God. Jesus, friends, the word, he's described as that in John's gospel also goes on to say in John 6 that he's the embodiment of the living bread. He says, I am the bread and I am, I am the body and you're to eat of me. Now, some people have misunderstood that and taken it to, to places where it didn't need to go. But the call of Jesus in John 6 is for each of us to take hold of all that Jesus has got for us. And that means, friends, that we have an appetite that engages in all that God wants to speak into our lives. Now, I like bread, you probably tell, but, uh, you know, and uh, I'm so thankful for bread because I've gone into other contexts at times on mission and bread's been a savior to me. So when we first used to go to Romania, you know, we used to eat some interesting foods. I mean, how about, 
raw sausage for breakfast. I mean, that's, that's a, but what the Romanians always do is they always put a bowl of bread on the table. It's called puina. And it's amazing what you can eat with bread. Yeah. And uh, so many of us enjoy bread. It, it, as I say, it's the basic staple diets of society and civilization. There are people at times that have been uh, incarcerated, imprisoned, taken captive, and they've literally survived for a long time on bread and water, the very, very basics. And spiritually, friends, God's saying exactly the same. He says that we need the water, the spirit of the Lord to wash us. And in fact, the Bible's described as water as well, and I'll come to that a little later. But we also need the bread that feeds our souls. Can't just live by bread alone, natural. We need to let the bread of God, the bread of heaven, the bread that's embodied in Jesus, minister into our lives. Last week, I tried to paint some big pictures, some vivid colors regarding the word of God. We reminded ourselves of the claims that it makes. It's breathed on by the Lord. That it's, it brings a foundation to our lives. And uh, we use the end of John 7 where two men were building, one on a rock and one on a shallow foundation sand, and the storms came. Now, I'm getting a bit worried about tomorrow because every time I put the telly on, you know, I get a weatherman coming on with isobars very close together telling us we're going to get a storm. Well, let's hope it happens after all the hype, you know. And, uh, but the thing is that you may remember it was about 1987 when Michael Fish stood in front of the weatherman and says, don't worry, there's nothing going to happen tonight. And uh, we got battered by a storm. So I think they've, they've forever learned from that particular incident. But here's the truth. We're getting some warning of that storm. And I think it's right. I'm making a little bit of a jest with the, with, with the weather office. And, uh, uh, but they're trying to give us some warning. Here's the truth. And Julie tried to lead us in that this morning. That sometimes in our journey of life, there's no warning to the storm. It literally sort of just pops up there. It's inexplicable. It's unexplainable. It's not because we're bad, it's because we're good. It's not because there's anything wrong in our lives. It's not because we're full of sin. But somehow, just because of life, a storm blows up. The Bible says, friends, that if we'll learn to build upon the word, we'll get through the storm. We'll get through the storm. Even though sometimes it may seem so difficult for us to believe that we'll get through. It talked about the fact that the Bible helps us to grow. It talked about the fact that the Bible points the way to salvation, the rescue of our lives, the impact that it made. It's like a double-edged sword that gets right into the inner being of our hearts, the wisdom that it shares with us, the wise ways of the Lord, and its enduring quality. The word of the Lord endures forever. It's got as much relevance, friends, in a complicated, complex, technological 2013 as he's ever had. And don't let anybody take that away from you. And driving all that down this morning, I want to remind us that God wants to speak to us. And I want to, so that it's a very simple, straightforward word without any apology, but it's simply encouraging each of us in the wonder of that bread, that word to say, yeah, I'm going to make an increased commitment to letting God do something in me through his word. So the first stop is to get access to a Bible. And you may do that through paper form. Lots of people have the Bible on tablet now or on phone. And uh, I remember when this, all this stuff started to first happen. Julie's there now. She's brilliant at technology. My word. Absolutely incredible. And, uh, and uh, I remember watching people on the front, front couple of rows when this all started. And I was going home, chunching and muttering to share. And I says, you know, I'm preaching. I says, and people are texting. It's ridiculous. <laughs> They're texting. 
you know, I'm pretty... Then I realized they were taking notes. Hey! <laughs> I am slow on the uptake with technology, as people will testify to. I get there, but it takes a bit longer. But you need a Bible. And I want to say today, without any sense of patronization, that if you've not got a Bible, please come and talk to us. Because we'll get you one. And uh, you need a Bible with an authentic translation. We were laughing on a small group on Thursday night because it was a small group, and yet we had four or five different translations going around the room. And, uh, but it was great. They're all authentic. So uh, make sure you've got something. Make sure you've got a translation that helps you to easily follow what's taking place in public church. So if you've got a Bible that says, well, does that make sense what Phil or Christian's saying? Then do that. And, you know, Understand that there's, there's been an incredible journey of this Bible coming together. Lots of people like the Message Bible, and I often quote it. Bear in mind the Message Bible is what we call a paraphrase. So it's Eugene Peterson's take on the Bible. Nothing wrong with that. But as long as you recognize that it's slightly different from an authentic translation. And so get a Bible and put it make, and, and, and become comfortable with it. And don't worry if you're not sure where Zephaniah is. It'll tell you in the front of the book. There's no, there's no problem with you. Oh, yeah, it's page 743. You'll get used to it. You'll get used to where the books of the Bible are. You, you'll sort of become increasingly comfortable with it. So let me just give you three or four things regarding attitudes to daily bread. You see, last week we tried to take the dread away from it. And I sort of used a little bit of humor to try and do that. This is not condemning people. And I'll come back to that again in a moment. But a few attitudes to receiving the daily bread to our lives. So number one, be intentional. Be intentional. I was watching something this week and somebody talked about the law of intentionality and it was this. He said, the secret of success is determined by your daily agenda. Wonderful. The secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. So if you want to get more successful in reading the Bible on a daily basis, you've got to set a daily agenda to do it. It's as simple as that. Be intentional. Bring the the word of God into your life on a a daily basis. Allow it to speak to your heart and make it something that you're going to do. And then be prepared. Have a plan. When I used to work in sales some years ago, the manager often used to roll out. Failing to plan is planning to fail. So how many calls you got this week? That was the next step. Ooh, right, you know. <clears throat> you need a plan. And I, the thing is, there's lots of things around. You don't have to make the plan. Other people will create the plan for you. So some people, some people use the UCB notes with Bob Gass. And we can get all of a copy for that. So if you want in a direction for, this is, this is for sort of November, December, January, a three-month plan every day. A little Bible reading and then a comment. It's there, you just slip it in your Bible. There you've got your plan. Or some people of another generation like me can remember every day with Jesus, which is still going. In 1965, Selwyn Hughes, a wonderful minister of God, now with Jesus in heaven, had a few friends say, Selwyn, we'd like you to maybe just encourage us with reading the Bible on a daily basis. And he started with one of those little index cards. Can you remember them? The little white index card. And he started to send it out to a few people. And God breathed upon the ministry so that tens of thousands of people over a period of time received every day with Jesus. And the office spread. And and even now, even though Salwin's been promoted to glory, there are people that still run the 
uh, crusade for world revival officers of which every day with Jesus comes out. And still today, tens of thousands of people around the world use that. And I, I salute Salwin because some of you may remember four or five years ago, I went on this journey of Monday to Friday doing a little devotional in addition to a Bible reading to encourage us to read the Bible. Did 478 devotionals over two years. I tell you, I was doing them at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock. It was amazing how it just took over my life because I've got to get it ready for next week. This guy did it for years and years and years because he had a passion for people that came to faith to read the Bible on a daily basis. Wonderful. And then, of course, Arena, Arena Church every, every month send out an Arena reading plan, just some Bible reading. So this month, to coincide with a little bit of the series, we've spent 22, 22 days reading Psalm 119. It's kindly split into sections of eight. 22 eights is 176. It's the longest psalm in the Old Testament. But many people, many Christians have never read Psalm 119 because they read Psalm 118, which is about three verses. They look at Psalm 120. That's about three verses and think, I'm not going through that one. And they flip it over. But it's a great psalm about the worth of the Bible. It really is. It describes the Bible with words like law and precepts. But it's all to do with the blessing of the word. And so we've given some Bible readings there and then a few on the end to take us to the end of October. Not 27 chapters a day, just a few verses. We understand that people are busy. They're out at work. They've got to get up early. They've got to get the kids ready for school. We get all that. We live in a real world. But just an encouragement for people to commit to the word of God on a regular basis. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. People have done it for you. And then there are people that access stuff from Rick Warren and Joyce Mayer and people like that through courtesy of of the internet. Most of that stuff's free. And you can have access through whatever way you choose to be able to read the Bible on a daily basis, sometimes with a little devotion. Be prepared. Be balanced. You see, there are many types of bread. Many types of bread. What's that place where they do the long loaf and and sort of... uh, Subway. Yeah. I mean, I really live it up. I got a Subway, you know. So I went into Subway, first time I went in, he says, what type of bread? What do you mean, what type? I just want, I just want a, you know, a six-inch thing with tuna and what on. Well, there's a whole raft of breads, see? And that's just a snippet. Some of you have been watching these bread maker programs on telly. whole raft of breads. And the thing is, the Bible's encouraging us to be balanced. Don't just, with respect, read Psalm 23. It's a wonderful psalm, but you need to develop. You need to develop it. And you remember last week, and I hammed it up a little bit, but there are some parts of the Bible that are quite difficult to read. And I tried to sort of get everybody to settle down by saying it from the front. But don't forever not read them. Try and read them. Try, try and read somebody that's got a little bit of a comment on how the book comes together before you start. It'll give you a bit of a backcloth to it. And have a balanced approach to your Bible reading. Be determined because there will be many things that try and crowd this out. I can guarantee week one, you go, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to, abs- I'm going to sort of really be intentional about all of this. I'm going to realize that the secret of success is determined by my daily agenda. I'm going to be reading. And that's the very morning that your kid's throwing up, they can't go to school, the washer's broke, everything goes wrong to crowd out the intentionality but be determined. Don't let it crowd you out. And then also, the balance of that is be relaxed. 
Because there's inevitably going to come that day when you don't get around to it. And some people stop. They come under condemnation. They feel that God's going to banish them into eternal fire forever because they've not read the Bible for one day. It doesn't work like that. Thank God that's not the God that we serve. It's okay. You know what? You just do it tomorrow. That's all, that's all you do. You just pick it up again tomorrow. If you can catch up with your plan, then that's great. But you just pick it up tomorrow and go again. Be relaxed about this. It's not an exam. Nobody's going to come around to your house and say, have you done it today? You know, none of that's going to happen. Be relaxed as well as being determined and intentional. And you begin to find that it becomes part of your daily life. I was so blessed by Sean on Tuesday because we did staff meeting. Sean just said, you know, and he just come right out. He just said, I love reading the Bible every day. You know, he loves going to the word. He loves, he's made it part of his life. He came to faith. And Sean wasn't a believer in his formative years. He came to faith. He found Jesus. And I just knew when he said it, yeah, he is a guy that's just made this part of his daily journey. So be relaxed. And then what about a few responses to all of the attitudes? Well, again, very straightforward. But first of all, we need to be reading. And again, there may be people around the room that have some challenges with that. And you know what? You can talk to somebody when asking you to come up, but you can talk to somebody that would genuinely try and help you with that. If you've got some issues with reading, and actually, so sometimes it's a world that you find difficult to come to, then talk to somebody. Don't don't do it publicly, but talk to somebody you can trust and talk about your issues, and there'll be people that will try and help you on that journey. But in Acts chapter 8, there's a man coming back from Jerusalem to Ethiopia. He's, he carries high governance. Uh, he's what we would call today an ambassador of state or somebody that would be in charge of the treasury. And he's reading. He's reading from Isaiah. He didn't really understand what he was reading. So God says, okay, I'll get somebody alongside you to help you. And Philip, the evangelist, came alongside. And a conversation don't put up. This man got wonderfully saved and baptized all on the same day. Because he committed himself to begin to read the Bible. Have a love, have a commitment to opening up the word. You see, discipleship is this. Discipleship is the continual obedience to the challenges of the word of God. It is many other things, of course. But one of the challenges of being a, a follower of Jesus, of allowing spiritual formation to increasingly develop in our lives, is that we continually obey the challenges of the word of God. And then implement them. Because Jesus said in John's gospel that you're a friend of mine if you do what I tell you to do. I command you to do. And we all know on the journey of the growth of our spiritual journey as Christians that there's times that we balk at it. Did Jesus really mean that? Yep. And sometimes it can take some of us some time to come to a place of genuinely submitting to something that we know that the Lord's spoken to us about in our hearts that he's called us to implement. But you know something, when we implement it, it's another stage in the development of our discipleship. And God increasingly brings us to maturity. He begins to entrust us with more responsibility. And we begin to make a great contribution to what he's called us to be as sons and daughters of the kingdom of the living God. So read the word. Not only reading, but also hearing. Romans ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I'm pointing to this, but actually I ought to be pointing to this. 
Because it's rare that God would speak to somebody in what we would call an audible voice. Occasionally he does it. But the primary way that God speaks to our heart is through the word of God. And there's a sense, friends, where it's not the ear physically that we need to be attuned to, but it's the ear of our heart. Because God's forever wanting to change the inner person in us. And he speaks into our heart. You ever come to church and you just know that God's spoken into your heart? And sometimes we can resent that and think God's ganging up on me. God's got it in for me. God doesn't seem to be speaking to anybody else like that this morning. But actually he's doing it all over the room. But you know that God's spoken into your heart. I've had so many occasions when God's spoken to me. I know there was no going back. There was no going round it. I could put it off a bit. I could step back. I could ask God whether he really meant it. He keeps saying, yeah, I did. When are you going to do it? And he's spoken into our hearts. And when we respond to that, then God does something to us. See, here's the truth, friends. You need to understand about the Bible. The Bible's not just about information. It's about revelation. It's about you receiving something out of your relationship with God in Christ Jesus that changes you forever. I've had people come up to me sometimes, and uh, sometimes somebody will ask me a question, and I don't know the answer. I really get irritated with that, but, but I really don't know the answer. I'll go and find out for you. But sometimes I've had people come up to me that have asked me a question that's been to do with information that's simply been out of a motive with respect to just trying to catch me out. And really, friends, that's not what the Bible's about. It's not about me knowing all the names of, you know, those, book, those, those names. There's one chapter in the Old Testament where it's just names. You know, nobody reads that either. They flip on to the next one. But, but, but it's not just about information. I, I try and bring some information, as you know, sometimes. Background helps us. It, it, it paints a picture. It, it makes things live. I understand all of that. But it's about the revelation of God. It's about you going away from church saying, I've never seen it like that before. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And that's where God wants us to, I've never seen it like that before. I, I've never realized that God wanted me to do that. That's revelation. That's God shaping you and changing you. And yes, sometimes it comes strong to you because Jeremiah describes the word as a fire. He also describes it in the same verse as a hammer that breaks rocks in pieces. And it may be at times that you've come to, the, to, to, the church, to church. It may be got, you've gone through a season where, for whatever reason, your heart's become a bit hard. And God gets the hammer out. Don't, don't get resistant to that. Don't get mad with God. It's because he loves you. It's because he's passionate about your journey. So let's ever be hearing what God's saying. And then meditating. And I'll qualify this quickly. Psalm 1 verse 2, the psalmist says that, and on this word we meditate day and night. Of course, as Christians, we sometimes push back on even using the word meditation because it's been so often associated with Eastern cultic religions. But when the Bible's talking about meditating, it's not talking about emptying your mind and meditating on nothing. It's talking about filling your mind with the word of God and meditating on what it's saying. Phil Pringle at our conference this year says that meditation is the digestive faculty of the soul. In other words, it's that opportunity to chew on it a bit. I know this is at 6.20 in the morning, you've got your cornflakes out and you're getting ready for work and all of this. But if you'll just give yourself to it for a moment, it becomes that which you digest into your soul 
that fuels you for the day. Meditation. Someone else says that meditation is holding the word of God in our hearts, knowing that we are feeding on the life of God. He's taking those moments just to let it really work through your inner being. Don't be afraid of the word meditation, particularly with regard to meditating on the word. Number four, memorizing. Psalm 119 verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know, when I've had the joy of going to Uganda on a couple of occasions to help with my Australian friend Gavin and Glenda Williams. Pray for Glenda, by the way. She's just lost her elderly mother just this week and the funerals this week. So just pray for them. But um, one of the things that we, we, we just love doing is, 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 is training in, in uh, some leadership schools. Some of the young pastors of uh, southwest Uganda, one of the things that they commit to is Bible memorization. And they come back to the following school three months later and get tested on it. Don't worry, we're not introducing that at Arena Church. And they are, most of them are phenomenal. Whoosh. They've just given themselves to memorization. And I understand sometimes people say, you know, I just can't remember where that verse is. I I get it. But, you know, if you begin to memorize a few scriptures, the logos word begins to become the rhema. You know, when something comes against you, then a specific word for a specific situation becomes the use so that you can use it as a sword. When the enemy seeks to stand against you, begin to speak out the word back to him. It's what Jesus did. And begin to use the word of God as the spiritual weapon that presses back on anything that will stop you being what God's called you to be. Fifthly, recording or journaling. And uh, just going to go and get my little book just to illustrate this. <clears throat> but lots of people over recent years have become quite keen on, on writing something down. And journaling is, is more sort of perhaps reflecting your relationship with God at this particular time. I don't do a lot of that, but what I do do is I commit to writing Bible verses down. It's no good you pinching this, by the way, because you won't be able to read my writing. So it's perfectly safe. Um, but uh, so this is my 2013 book. It says, it's a bit rude. I mean, I don't know who bought it me, but it says keep out. But, uh, but, um, but it's, my, it's my journal of this year. On that side is quotes I come across, stuff on Twitter that I like, quotes... Because I'm a preacher, I want to sort of be relevant. I want to say, hey, that could work in church. It's just me, you know. I'm sad, but I'm just thinking about those things. And then on the other side, I just write down verses that have just really spoke to me. I'm not overanalyzing it. I just think that really spoke. And uh, so <clears throat> this morning, I, uh, before I came to church, I was reading from 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is a great book on leadership and it was in chapter four well it's meat and drink to a preacher because it says preach the word and it says but you uh, and I have fought a good fight I have finished the race I've kept the faith I just wrote that down not because God needed me to write it down but because it just becomes a resource to me it was something that fed my soul not saying you've got to do that but allow the word of God to be something that you can refer to regarding your journey if you get a prophetic word over your life, you need to write it down. You need, to, you need to store it up. You need to believe that God will work it out in your life. Allow this to become a bank that will help you in those times where you need God to really take hold of you in a particular way. You know, it's a terrible feeling, isn't it, when you've got to pay a bill and you've got no money in the bank. And believe me, we've all been there. 
But it's a great source of comfort when you've got a bill and you've been saving 25 quid a month or something and it's, you've got 300 quid in the savings account and uh, the bill's for 175 quid and you can go to, you know, get your savings and, and pay your bill. It's somehow, there's a different response, isn't it? You don't feel that, ooh, that horrible feeling in your stomach. And do you know, it's like that sometimes. We need to build up the bank of the scriptures in our lives. So that as we go forward, there are things that we can resource into us, things that have spoken over us, things that have ministered into our lives that take us forward in him. And finally, there needs to be studying. For some at least, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself approved. It may be that um, you're an empty nester now. That means that your kids are no longer at home. It may be that um, you've changed jobs and you've got a little bit more time. It, it may be that you've got a passion to be a communicator. And you think, well, I'd like to do a bit more. And I want to say there's all sorts of things out there that you can do. You can go to a degree level in theology. Uh, Amelia studying, uh, Amelia Cumberland studying theology at Nottingham University. And she's in a, a third year. She's there. And uh, she... She's doing incredible because she's kept her faith sharp as well as really sort of wrestling with some, some great issues. Uh, but Amelia's able to do that. You think, well, I couldn't do that. But it's amazing what you can do through the internet nowadays at distance learning level that can help you become sharp in terms of your study. That won't be for everybody going really that way. But there are people around the room. If that's what's in your heart at the moment, then go for it. You may be even in retirement years. You think, you know, I'd like to do a bit more studying. All those facilities are there for you. And, you know, two or three people recently have said to me, I found the Old Testament to sort of like a bit hard to understand. And we did a little sort of course a couple of years ago now called This is the Word of the Lord, which is a great response to when the Bible's read in Anglican churches. Those of you that have maybe got an Anglican tradition, we know that often somebody will read the public scriptures and they'll say, this is the word of the Lord. And the congregation will say, thanks be to God. Beautiful. And um, <clears throat> so this is the word of the Lord. And this is just a little sort of course. But if anybody wants that, they can have it. There's a little survey overview of the Old Testament, the New Testament, how the Bible came together. Now it can minister to your life. It just gets people digging a little bit deeper into this amazing book called the Bible. <clears throat> and so we come to a close. <clears throat> Don't let it be daily dread. Let it be daily bread. Be intentional. Be prepared. Have a plan. Be balanced. Be determined. Be relaxed. It's okay. God's for you. And as you begin to open up your heart to him and bring responses of reading, of hearing, of meditating, of memorizing, of journaling or recording, whatever way you want to go and of studying, you'll be amazed at what God begins to lay in your life. You'll be amazed at how prepared you are for the battle, for the journey. You'll be amazed at times how you've got something to share with somebody else that can help them in terms of coming to a relationship in more fullness with Jesus Christ. I hope you've heard my heart over the last couple of weeks, friends. Paul next week is going to share out of a journey of coming to Jesus as an adult man and how that's helped him shape his journey of following Jesus over the last 20 odd years but the last thing we've tried to do over these two weeks is to bring any condemnation to bring any belittling to press down on anybody it's all about lifting us up to be what God's called us to be and I say that friends with a challenge because time is a great uh, level for all of us 
but maybe just a few minutes less on the TV or the paper or the computer, whatever it is, to try and implement these principles that we've spoken about today. They're not new. They're not mind-blowing. He's, he's very intentional this morning, bringing us right back, stripping it right back to the challenge of getting a community of believers that would commit to the word of God on a daily basis. I close by quoting Ephesians 5.26, where it describes the word of God as the washing through water of the word. I don't know about you, but I love the privilege of being able to communicate the word, but I also never want to lose the blessing of hearing and listening to the word. And sometimes on a Sunday I can come in and feel there's a few grains of the world that have impacted me. Maybe sometimes I had to go through an experience in the week, an email, a phone call that was, you know, whatever it was that we all face. And to hear the word of God come forward and to know that you're just being washed. You're just being washed afresh by the word of God. It is amazing. And when your kids are growing up, you encourage them to use some soap with the water when they're getting a wash, if they have a wash, you know. And the, you know when you get about 13 or 14, particularly lads, and I didn't have that challenge, sometimes I need to push back on having a wash. But it's a good thing to have a wash every day, okay? And it's a good thing to use soap with it. And so this little acrostic will just help us as we think of the water washing us, the word washing us like water. Because if you think of S, then take a scripture reading every day. If you think of O, observe what it says just for a few moments. What's God saying to me? If you take A, how can I apply this to my life so that it draws me closer to Jesus? And if you take P, how about just praying at the end of it? God, help me to be a person that not only hears your word, but puts it into action. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray.